0: Episode 6. What can you do about climate change? Climate change is clearly a very big issue to tackle and something that requires everyone in the world to work together in order to make a difference. But we know that people all over the world are on different pages about this issue. So, my question is, How can each of us, as individuals, make a difference? This is a great question and something I have personally struggled with. There are so many things that need to change at a country and global level. Many of us face the dilemma that we alone cannot tackle an issue of this scale on our own. So I want to focus this episode more on what we can do as individuals Because we do have the power to do that. There are things you can still do to make a difference. The biggest one is to raise awareness. Through my research, and as I have mentioned in my previous episodes, It seems the lack of understanding and education is one of the biggest reasons why so many people are not taking the issue of climate change seriously. It is hard to see the effects of climate change in day-to-day life. Raising awareness is probably one of the biggest ways to tackle this problem. The more people know about the issue of climate change, the more people will want to do something about it. This means... Talk to your friends, family, and co-workers about it. You hope from this, they in turn talk to their friends, family, and co-workers, and so on. If possible, do a presentation at your work, school, or an organization you're part of. In simple terms, spread the word. As far as actually doing something to reduce the effects of climate change, the number one thing people need to do is to limit the use of fossil fuels, such as oil, coal, and natural gas, all of which produce carbon dioxide, and replace them with renewable and cleaner sources of energy. Experts say that we need to cut carbon dioxide emissions by almost half by the end of the next decade. Of course, this requires changes in our current infrastructure, which most of us feel is out of our control. But your daily decisions can make a difference. For example, you can choose to install solar panels on your roof or buy an electric car. Many people question the efficiency of solar panels or if electric cars really do reduce the carbon footprint. Ultimately, electricity comes from fossil fuels, which releases carbon dioxide. Cost is also a big factor in both these situations. These are all relevant points, but here is what I have found through my research. First, let's look at solar panels. It is true that for many years, solar panels have been both costly and inefficient making many people question if it is a viable alternative source of energy. However, solar energy has come a long way in the last decade, with it becoming more efficient and cheaper. In the year 2000, the average watt of solar installed yielded a conversion efficiency of just over 11%. In 2019, the average was about 23% conversion efficiency. Efficiencies continue to increase every year. Further, the cost of solar panels has dropped exponentially. Between 1977 and 2014, the cost per watt of silicon photovoltaic cells has dropped from $76 to less than 36 cents. Many people argue that solar energy isn't always reliable. The sun isn't out at nighttime, or it could be a cloudy day, or some places don't get as much sunlight as other places. How can you get energy during those times? The answer is to store energy in batteries. Energy storage mechanisms are another area that is improving rapidly and getting cheaper. The price of lithium-ion batteries have fallen 73% since 2010 and could decline another 70% by 2030. While today it may not be possible to be 100% off the grid by using solar energy, keep in mind that by simply installing solar panels on your roof still reduces your carbon footprint. Next, the question that do electric cars still leave a carbon footprint? The answer is yes. However, it is significantly less than gasoline cars. In United States at least, fossil fuels is the primary source of electricity generation. But remember, some of this electricity is also coming from renewables. Data shows that in every corner of United States, Driving an electric vehicle or EV produces significantly fewer greenhouse gas emissions than cars powered by only gasoline. As of 2018, the average EV on the road in US has the same greenhouse gas emissions as a car getting an average mileage of 80 miles per gallon. Usually, gasoline-powered cars get between 20 and 30 miles per gallon. Average EV emissions have continued to decline over time thanks to the accelerating coal plant closures and the decarbonization of America's power sector, which is down by 28% between 2007 and 2018. So, while driving a gasoline car won't get much cleaner, driving an electric car can get cleaner every year. In regions where there is a higher proportion of clean power, they have an even lower carbon footprint. In New England, the greenhouse gas emissions are equivalent to 102 miles per gallon. In California, it is 109 miles per gallon, and in New York State, it is a whopping 191 miles per gallon. Another thing that people argue is that electric cars are very expensive to purchase. And yes, that has traditionally been true. However, making these types of cars is getting cheaper every year and electric car sales are rapidly rising. Many analysts project they will soon overtake gas-powered engines as the primary source of new car sales in America. These rapid market expansions are happening due to rapid technology cost declines. As mentioned before, lithium-ion battery prices have fallen 73% since 2010 and could decline another 70% by 2030, pushing EVs to price parity with gas-powered cars by 2025. Keep in mind that while electric cars are leaving some carbon footprint, as electricity moves away from fossil fuels to renewable energy, the carbon footprint also decreases. Therefore, make an effort for your next car to be electric. Also, if you've ever driven in any electric car, you will know it is a nice, smooth ride. If you cannot afford electric cars quite yet, Use other methods of transportation, like carpooling, riding your bicycle, or mass transit. All these help reduce your carbon footprint. There are also other things you can do to reduce your carbon footprint. One is changing your diet, especially if you like to eat meat become a vegetarian, or better yet, a vegan. There is an added benefit to this. Plant-based diets have shown to be healthier than meat-based diets. In December 2013, a study published in the Journal of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics found that vegetarians have the lowest average body mass index, or BMI, whereas meat eaters have the highest BMIs. Another study, published in June 2013, in JAMA Internal Medicine, showed that vegetarian diets were associated with a 12% lower risk of death from all causes, including cancer. If you aren't quite ready to completely give up meat, perhaps you can reduce your meat intake or maybe just give up red meat. As I explained in a previous episode, Almost all the methane in our atmosphere comes from agriculture. Also, eat organic food when you can. It is not only good for us because we are putting less pesticides in our bodies, but organic food is grown without synthetic fertilizers. Synthetic fertilizers begin as byproducts of oil refining. Many crops are over fertilized and some of that excess nitrogen ends up in the atmosphere as nitrous oxide, a greenhouse gas 298 times more potent than carbon dioxide. Buy local when you can. I am not trying to go against big businesses here, but if we can minimize the extent of transportation of goods, we can help mitigate climate change. Another thing you can do is live in the climate. One of the biggest uses of electricity in homes in America is for heating and cooling. Yes, we do need heating in extreme freezing weather, but only use climate control for extreme temperatures. Next, reduce, reuse, and then recycle. This includes containers, bags, and even the clothes you wear. It turns out that transporting and processing materials for recycling is carbon intensive. Recycling still uses less energy than making new products from scratch, but reducing and reusing are even cleaner. Stop using paper towels and use cloth napkins instead. Use a handkerchief instead of tissues. Also for people especially into fashion, make sure to buy quality apparel that you can use for a long time, and buy less. There is now the concept of fast fashion, where businesses are quickly turning around new collections, often at lower prices, to encourage consumption of apparel and footwear. This has made it more affordable for people to buy more clothes and then dispose them after only wearing it a few times, because it is now so-called out of fashion. This is proving to be toxic for the environment. The apparel and footwear industries together account for more than 8% of global climate impact. This is greater than all international airline flights and maritime shipping trips combined, which account for 2% of the global climate impact. So The next time you are out shopping for clothes, keep this in mind before buying. (music) Lastly, hold yourself accountable. There are now websites you can use to calculate your carbon footprint. It will probably surprise you. Consider offsetting carbon emissions by investing in clean and renewable energy projects around the world that support local communities, drive sustainable development, and protect our planet. Of course, a simple search on Google will show you that the list of things you can do to help mitigate climate change goes on forever. Overall, we need a change in our culture, where we are more mindful about the things we do and how it impacts our planet. If you can do your part to help the climate, people around you will notice, and it will in turn help with changing our culture. I hope throughout this podcast, I was able to answer some of your biggest questions you had about climate change and what you can do about it. While this episode concludes the end of this podcast, I encourage you to continue to educate yourself about this issue and talk to people about it. Lastly, remember that your actions today and throughout your lifetime will help define the legacy you want to leave behind for your future generations.